Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Uh, well, you know, it's been. It's been. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a time of year for me that's always very difficult to get through. Yeah. Um, and if you know, you know, and if you don't know, uh, let's just say that I'll be happy when the year's out. Uh, you know, Christmas, uh, had a great Christmas morning here with Madison and Misty. Um, then, uh, they went to Misty's sister's house. I wasn't feeling well, so I spent the majority of the day alone, uh, just kind of napped and, you know, just wasn't feeling well. Uh, but yeah, it was a good holiday. Good holiday. How about you? How's, how's your week been? How was your Christmas? Oh, it was good. Um, I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, spent Christmas with uh, some members of the family, and they went over to my brother's house on on his birthday because his birthday is the day after Christmas, and um, just you know, just ate and they. I'm not a uh, I'm not a football fan, let alone a Raider fan. So yeah, while my family is all in the main living room with all the curtains and whatnot closed because my brother has a projector. So it was just like on the fucking wall. Um, they're hooping and hollering about the game while I'm sitting in the dining room, just kind of fiddling my thumbs and cooking. So, um, that was funny. And then we played a few, we played a few games. Uh, my brother got me a, um, cards against humanity set, but it's all nerd pack. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took a picture of a few of them because they were funny. So let me pull those up real quick. So one was, uh, how was it? There it is. The black card was, don't worry, Penny, go, go, gadget, blank. The two cards that made me laugh and, and what's having a hard time choosing was, don't worry, Penny, go, go, gadget, some sort of unstoppable poo gun. And the <laughs> second one was, don't worry, Penny, go, go, gadget, these amazing testicles I'm about to share with you. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I sent you this one. Uh, I think I've sent you all of them, actually. But uh, this one was, uh, you have violated the Prime Directive. You exposed an alien culture to blank before they were ready. The winning card, the only card that was handed over that was funny, was Smash Mouth. Oh, yeah. To which you responded, who is ready? <laughs> exactly. Because nobody's ready for that. <clears throat> and the, uh, the uh, last one that was um, like really funny because all four cards were good was uh, what did I nickname my genitals? And the four answers we got were Eternal Darkness, The Salmon, My Browser History, and My Disgusting Pot-Bellied Boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that one. So uh, right after, my mom had these, by the way. My mom was reading these off. And uh, right after she says the salmon, my dad just, my dad not playing the game, just sitting on the couch over in the corner, yells, I lived that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wild, Cards but... Against Humanity is the kind of game that if you don't feel like an absolute piece of garbage after playing it, you're not playing it right. I mean, I, I suppose, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the regular version. I'm not talking about 
the nerd right. expansion. But like, if you're not making people, I've literally made people walk out of the room before playing oh, cards wow. on that game. Yes. <clears throat> um. So there's a new trump card with the nerd pack, and I have a picture of it. I'm gonna show it to you. Oh yeah, Sean Connery is Zardos. Yeah, like it 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 wins every time. If you have it in your hand and you just want you need a win, you you answer with that card. It's an automatic win. It's well with my because family. it's actually oh okay, so it's actually funny. Usually it's 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 added in a funny moment like um or as a funny answer like uh I think my the one I gave it to my brother on was uh um. You you do a, a, a oh god it was like you're you're fighting something and you have to summon something to come help you like what is it or something something to that effect and <laughs> he barely for anybody the other cards. for anybody who doesn't know what we're referring to if you didn't see the card on screen on the YouTube version oh yeah you? sorry I forgot people listen to this podcast. <laughs> Google the 1974 film Zardoz, Z-A-R-D-O-Z, and just look at an image of Sean Connery. Uh, He's basically wearing a a Speedo, hip uh, thigh-high boots, and, you know, like a bandolier, a dual bandolier. That's all he's wearing. And holding a handgun. It's crazy. It's an awful fucking movie. Oh, it's absolutely terrible. But my God, is it fucking funny to know that exists, that it exists. But yeah, so it was a good time. It was we, we were having some laughs, and uh, it wasn't too bad. And then for 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 shits and giggles, for the shits and giggles, because we can do this. On the YouTube channel, if you're watching, there's an image of Sean Connery as Zardos. Oh, my God. That's a clearer picture than my my phone. That is... Whew. Whew. You can tell it's the 70s. Didn't even wax around his bush. Oh, not even... Not even just his costume. Like, every costume in that fucking... Oh, every costume's like... bad, but this is just memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I-, I love how he's got fucking two bandoliers crisscrossed across his hairy chest there, and he only has fucking seven bullets in them. Yeah. It's it's, great. it's It's a thing that exists. So that's, you know... Um, fucking Sardoz. Um... Anyway, folks, today we're going to be reviewing three things. I know that last week, if you listened to last week, we said that we were reviewing um, Matrix Resurrections and the episode one of Book of Boba Fett, but I had forgotten about a special that was coming to uh, Paramount Plus that Maya and I wanted to review, which was uh, Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon. So we added that as well. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so in, in that in that vein... I think we're going to start with Reno 911 because I feel like it's not going to be a very long conversation. Um, but uh, if you're curious, kind of what happened to Reno 911 after it stopped airing on Comedy Central, there was quite a few years that had passed, and all the cast members had kind of 
spoken publicly about coming back for a special or a movie, and they did a movie. Um, I don't remember if the movie happened while they were filming Ring Around the, One. Or... The movie, the movie happened while they were filming the series. Yeah. I think it took place in between episodes or seasons four and five, or okay. five and six. That's what I thought too, but I wasn't. 100% the sure. movie Reno Nine One One Miami was fucking funny. Oh yeah, it was great. Um, I think I saw it in the theater. Um, well, with that, I have it on that... Blu-ray somewhere. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, um, they decided to bring back a special, or sorry, they decided to bring back the show in general. And it was really exciting to hear because I knew that they had gotten almost the entire cast back and special guests. Um. And what it was is it was it was basically their TV show, but on a on a streaming service called Queeby. Um, now Queeby defunct was, streaming service. Now defunct, yeah. But the the reason it was defunct wasn't because it was a bad streaming service. It was a it was a streaming service that was exclusive to cell phones. Yeah. Not you couldn't watch it on a laptop. You couldn't watch it on a TV unless you like mirrored your phone to your TV. But like, what the fuck? It was just. It was really weird, but I did I did get Queeby for a month, and I watched like three or four episodes, and I was like, "This is fucking terrible," like it's not funny. And I thought, okay, if they have a special, maybe it'll be better. Maybe this special will be better, right? It's uh, you know, a lot of them are older, and there's there's a like, the whole premise of the of the movie is. Um, they have to uh, serve a subpoena to Q, and they have to go about it in finding Q. Um, that's the best way I can give the premise to you. Uh, and the, the the they're searching online, and they find out that there is a booze cruise that is Q's booze cruise, and Q is rumored to be on the cruise. So Dangle calls and gets a package for nine of them, uh, all nine of them to go on the cruise. Uh, yeah, that's. I'll just say right now, it is not funny. Uh, there were a couple of solid one-liners. That's about it. I left out loud hard on the two or three one-liners or gags, and the rest of the time I was just sitting there. I was like, this isn't good like Reno 911 used to be hilarious. No, it's and it's not even like I, I would argue it's just not even funny. Like, regardless of it not being like Reno 911 or not as funny as Reno 911, it's just genuinely not it's not funny. Like there were so many times that I, I either saw the joke coming because it was blatantly obvious. Oh, absolutely. Like, I get you want to set up Trudy having schizophrenia. I get that. Uh, but the way you fucking hand it to me and then have a moment where it's like, she's like, mm, I lost my pills. And I'm like, okay, so she's going to have a vision or some shit later. You gave the fucking ghost away immediately. Yeah. The ghost. That's not the phrase. Give away the, the plot. No, whatever. Anyway, you get my point. Yeah. It just, it was just, it was too. There were times it was too much. Like, I get you want to make fun of Q and QAnon supporters and all that kind of stuff. I get it. You don't have to have a fucking five-minute scene where a guy is just going on and on and on and on and on. It's not necessary. It's not funny. I get that most of it's improv. I get that you're all having a great time, and I can tell that you're having a great time. My Lanta. 
you could have cut a solid 30 minutes out of this movie and it'd have been fine. Like it, it is mind boggling how this passed. Yeah. Yeah. It's so disappointing and too, because I know Steve these people Agee, are really funny. Steve Agee is an FBI agent and Brian Posehn is a CIA agent. Just totally not believable, but fits in the setting with, you know, if they had been from other sheriff's departments, I would have bought it more. That's what it should have been. It should have been that most of the people on that boat were just from other police departments in the country. And uh, uh, I think that's what they went for, because out of everybody that was a passenger on the, you know, the limited amount of people they showed being passengers, the only one that seemed to be remotely involved with QAnon was Patton Oswalt. Right, right. I think I think pretty much everybody else was in law enforcement of some in some capacity uh based on the passengers themselves, not the crew because that fucking crew, that was weird. Oh my god, there's so much about it that I'm like, why did that what in the fuck? <laughs> like it's just I don't know, dude, like because the part that that makes Real Run One for me so funny is the absolute ineptitude of the Reno 911 police department or the Reno police department, I should say. That's, that's where the comedy comes from. When you start having side characters be that inept as well, I'm like, this is, this sucks now. <laughs> this isn't, this yeah. isn't fun. Yeah. Um, like <sighs> one the of best, the, the best part of the movie was their morning briefings around the fucking conference table. Yeah. Yeah. And the the first time on the on the cruise ship when he walks away with the fucking please wait to be seated podium and takes it up to a table, they're all sitting around and they're having their morning briefings. The first time they did that, that was funny. Yeah, but, you know, there's a few jokes that are genuinely funny about this movie. Um, it's I just, think, I think my favorite one. They were sitting there talking about how uh, Clemmy was supposed to get close to who they suspected to be Q, which was Pat Oswalt's character. Yeah. He's, and Bengals like, don't, don't let him go past third base. And Trudy's like, well, what's butt stuff? And Bengals like, oh, that's a grand slam. <laughs> yeah, that line, the other one that made me laugh was uh, um, when uh, they're in the 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 room and Patton Oswalt's character has that diarrhea. Yeah. Um, and his tum- and it, his stomach was just, and she's so, like, go. So I the can poop hear. thing. Yeah, the poop thing wasn't that funny. It was fine. Like I, di- I didn't find it not funny, but I didn't laugh out loud. But the line that made me laugh out loud was when I think it was Steve Agee's character goes, "Yeah, she deserves combat pay." Yeah, <laughs> hazard pay or combat pay. Yeah, it was, com- it was combat pay. I, re- I remember combat specifically because I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's. But that's the problem. Like it's like a couple two or three jokes, the- two yeah. or three jokes in the whole movie land, and the rest of it's just like. 87 Legit- minutes of uh yeah legitimately i would say like the um the whole second half of the movie fucking sucks like yes. the second that the boat lands in where it's supposed to land um everything after that is just not funny i didn't i don't remember laughing once yeah i agree um there uh, yeah just like the ending was f- by far like the the whole thing with like um, Dale faking his death. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? This is so weird and off putting. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I don't know. that. I did enjoy the musical bit. 
Uh, yeah, that was that was that was entertaining. I don't know if it was funny, but it was definitely entertaining. Uh, no, no, I didn't say it was funny. But of course, you know, I'm a big fan of pink, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know. I mean, that's final thoughts and a grade because that's that's where we're at with this. Um, it looks like first. they filmed this on about eighty three dollars. Uh huh. Yeah. Real low budget. Like we're on a boat, but we don't actually. We're not actually on a boat. Yeah. No shit. Thanks. Uh, like Paramount was like, hey, so we have a lot that kind of looks like it's at the bottom of a boat. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, final thoughts on it. It's not worth your time. If you liked Rune and Run the show, this really isn't going to satiate that desire to want to watch it again. Um, I think that the, everyone involved is definitely funny in their own right, mm-hmm. but this, this was extremely disappointing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a solid C minus. I was gonna give it a D plus. Um, you know, it's close. Right? It's, <laughs> they tried, they failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two or three solid jokes in an hour and a half doesn't make for great entertainment. When the rest of that hour and a half is just like. Why? You're just sitting there questioning why. Why is this happening? Uh, is is yeah. If you enjoy the cast and you enjoy the show, just go back and revisit the show. Don't bother yeah. with this. It wasn't a great time. I Which watched it. They, and, man, I was so disappointed. What's what the craziest part to me, by the way, uh, Maya, is that the show that they tried to bring back on Queeby is just as not funny. And it's and and the the craziest part is I thought, okay, you could think, oh, this show isn't funny because they're trying to go outside the box with the QAnon thing and leaving Reno and all that kind of stuff. The Queeby show, it's this, it's it's the same as the same premise as what the Comedy Central show was. But I think they try to stage way too much and don't like lean on the improv. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the improv was what was always genius about that show. Absolutely, and especially when you had other people who were good at improv involved as a side character. You know, one of the whatever disturbance they have to break up or uh, investigate, what have you. When you have characters like Terry, uh, you know, those were funny. But uh, yeah. Nick Swartzen's character was by far one of my favorites. Toby Huss's characters were always great too. Uh Toby Huss, Toby Huss. I'll I'll send you. I'll show you. I just need to see a picture about. of the guy, and then I'll I'll know exactly what character he played. Okay. Because the, the the person is not coming to mind. You said you said Toby Huss, right? Yeah, H U S S. Yes, 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 yes. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, his characters were always hilarious. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and all of Rain Run One, as far as I know, is on Paramount Plus. So if you're like wanting to revisit, that's where you're going to go. But yeah, just watch the original series. And, and I think they got everybody back except for Joe Latruglio. I think uh, he was the only one that didn't come back. I think so. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, which. When it when it comes to Reno nine one one, just a side branch off of Go here, ahead. 
I've been a fan of this comedy troupe since the 90s because a lot of them came from the state. The state. And I love the state. And the other half of them that weren't involved in Reno 911 were involved in the Wet Hot Summer, uh, Wet Hot American Summer franchise, Wet Hot American Summer, and then the spinoffs on the Netflix, uh, First Day of Camp, and then 10 years later. Uh, did you ever watch a show called Viva Variety? I never did watch Viva Variety. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but it had uh, it had a lot of the same cast. Yeah. I don't remember what so, channel it was on, though. But, yeah, if you've never seen Wet Hot American Summer, do yourself a favor and find it and watch it. It's fucking great. And the, the spinoffs on Netflix are pretty funny as well. Yeah. Uh, since we're in the same vein and... And since we're in the same vein of Reno 911 and the cast being closely related and working together and everything. Was that a but segue yeah. to Matrix Resurrections? Oh no, you're 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 side tangent. Got it. Okay, never mind. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh <coughs> I thought you were trying to do a segue into the next to- to- uh, topic. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um oh. well here's my segue. Um uh yeah, so the other thing we're going to review is uh, Matrix Resurrections, which came to HBO Max um, at the same time as theaters. Um, it stars uh, from the past cast, uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, there's a couple others that I don't really want to spoil because it was kind of cool to see them. Um, but yeah, be prepared for other uh, past iterations. Um, so the premise is, you know, about some odd years into the future, um, they say in the movie. I'm not going to s- spell it out. Uh, they, say, they say in the movie it's set 60 years after the last Matrix movie. Well, yes, yes. Technically, in the real world, it's been 60 years. In the Matrix world, it's been 20. Yes. Um, no. No. That's literally what they say. No. They say, how is it, like Neo's character is like, how do you only seem 20 years older when it's been 60 years that have passed? And the explanation for that comes in how he came about being. Because Neo did die. He absolutely died. And they resurrect him. Yeah, okay. What, what, him. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying about the 20 years in the Matrix is that Carrie on Ma- Carrie on Moss and Keanu Reeves are 20 years older since the last Matrix movie. Exactly. Um, so that's why they say it's been 20 years inside the Matrix, quote unquote. Um, I was it assuming it was because it took them pro- approximately 40 years to reconstruct, figure out how to reconstruct and resurrect them and use. Them. Oh, I don't. It's 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 undetermined how long uh, Keanu Reeves' character has been in the Matrix, just living. Regardless yeah. of how long it took his body to be reconstructed by the, um, oh my god, Neil Neil Patrick Harris's character. What the fuck's his character's name? The analyst. Analyst. Thank you. That was that was driving me nuts. But uh, uh, not remembering it. Not the thing. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, because uh, the plot is conva fucking looted. By the way, good gravy. Yeah, um, it is. I if knew it was thought- going to be. The original Matrix, a lot of people, it was initially over a lot of people's heads, but people have had time to 
come to grips with it and get it. Well, that's but, that's the funniest part is like, of course, I love going and reading other people's reviews of things that I enjoy. And one of the big things that I see in terms of reviews for this movie is the same shit that I saw with um, Reloaded and uh, um, one guy, I can't remember the third one. For Revelations. Revelations. Uh, they get very philosophical, very like with the exiles and the Merovingian and um, and then with like the, the architect and the Oracle and like all kinds of shit like that, it gets very philosophical and uh, with Smith. Um, this movie tries to continue that, but also tries to get meta. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> like in the movie, everybody knows what the Matrix is in in Keanu Reeves' world, or Tom Anderson, Thomas Anderson, as his character is. Um, he's a video game designer, and he designed this uh, award-winning game trilogy called The Matrix. And everybody knows what it is, and he's having trouble discerning, was that just a game I designed, or was that my actual life? Did I live that? Why does it feel like a memory? Um, so what's really funny to me, and I, I should mention this, that I, I really enjoy, is uh, <clears throat> um, did you ever play the, the, the Path of Neo video game? No, I did not. So the Path of Neo also gets very uh, uh, philosophical and meta at the end. Um, throughout the whole game, you're playing as Neo, going through the emotions that he does in the films. Uh, there's a few extra stuff here and there that like kind of bridges the gap between the movies, like much like the movie, the video game Enter the Matrix did. Um, even the fucking MMO that came out that was completely a, a, maze, a major fail. Um, there's stuff in the in that that explains certain things. So, uh, if somebody hasn't played Enter the Matrix, if somebody hasn't played the MMO. Or hasn't played the Path of Neo. It's not necessary to watch this movie. But boy oh boy does it fucking help. Um, one of the big things about the Into the Matrix video game. Is that it very clearly states that Niobe would become. Basically the leader. Given the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. It very well uh, uh, lays that out. So her appearance in the film. Makes sense. Um. In the MMO, there's a whole cutscene where a, I don't remember what it is. It's like a virus or some kind of shit, some shit like that. But it kills Morpheus. Um, so that's why he's not even like, like he's in the movie, or Lawrence Fishburne's in the movie in in, in a way, but and also flashbacks not. and yeah, um, uh, and then in Path of Neo. Um, for my mind, Maya, uh, the video game that Thomas Anderson developed is Path of Neo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, one of the big things that Path of Neo does is that after you beat a level, it just does the scenes from the movies. So like having that up on the screen, but it's like the past movies. I was like, oh, cool. That's Path of Neo. But Path of Neo at the end also gets very, um, meta, I should say, um, so Lily and Lana, pre-transition, are uh, like little sprites sitting on um, living room chairs. 
and they start talking about how this is a video game and not the movies. So getting all, you know, uh, philosophical about the Jesus-y aspect and stuff like that isn't as fun as like a final boss fight with, you know, button mashing action, as they say. And so then in the final scene with uh, Smith, if you remember in, in uh, Revelations, um, he's just fighting one Smith in the, in the rain, which the rain is technically the Matrix falling apart. Uh, um, and he beats him in, in a weird way, like he absorbs him or some shit. Uh, I don't remember exactly how that worked out. It's been so long since I've watched those movies, but Smith you know, puts his hand in Neo's chest and Neo absorbs him. But anyway, uh, um, when, uh, for the video game, what they do is instead of doing that scene, they just have Smith, like, basically become a kaiju. Oh, he, like, okay. uses a bunch of debris from around the area and becomes a giant kaiju. But the fact that, like, right before that fight scene, you get this really meta, fourth-wall-breaking scene, it very much reminded me of, like, what the game that Thomas Anderson would have made in this movie. It would have been The Matrix adjacent, right? Because the, the, the um, analyst isn't going to allow Thomas Anderson to have everything that's going to make him remember everything that much, but it's going to feel like a dream, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's what we witnessed in the, in the, in the original trilogy adjacent. Yeah. That's, that's how I envision that whole scenario. Um, uh, but, um, what I find odd is that like, it explains very clearly why he saved Neo, why he saved Carrie Ann Moss, you know, why he reconstructed them. It doesn't quite explain why he did that with Smith though, because Smith becomes a virus within the matrix in the original trilogy. Yeah. After, after Neo destroys him in the first movie, he's a virus. And uh, like he lives outside the bounds that have been created for the agents within that, but he's now free. It's it's a whole thing, um, which is another philosophical angle, but that's besides the point. But it never explains why he was saved, why he was reconstructed. Like, because he's not like the analyst plays, you know, Neo or Thomas Anderson's therapist, right? And it was to keep an eye on 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 Thomas or Neo. Um, but why did he do that with Smith? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like I've thought about it quite extensively, and I'm like, why did you keep Smith around? Was it to wake Smith up in case Neo wakes up so they have him fight? Like what? Like what was the point? You know. And then in the movie, it it fucking backfired on the analyst big time. Not just, yeah. you know. I enjoy the fact that the Smith they got was uh, Jonathan Groff from the Netflix series Mindhunters. Uh, which, God, I hope, I hope they bring that show back. Because <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. But he was great in it, you know, in his role. I liked his more... Um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I liked his take on Smith. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He wasn't, yeah. He wasn't so aloof uh, like Hugo well, Weaving. I was going to say also I like how 
Um, I like how having having Smith reconstructed made Smith look different. You know, that's yeah. what I was like. I was like, that's clever. That's really clever. But like, I don't know. It just doesn't explain it. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, it's, if someone out there has watched it and is listening to this podcast, and I just missed it, like, let me know because don't I don't quite understand. But other than that, I don't have a whole lot of complaints about the movie. I don't know if you do, but uh, I'm honestly I'm still trying to process how I feel about this movie. Like, I don't dislike it, and I like it better than Reloaded and Revelations, but it still pales in comparison to the original. Well, there's a lot um, of reasons behind that, but. But it feels like they've set it up to keep going. Um, I hope so. You know, uh, one of the things that really kind of irked me, and I realize why they did it now, because it seems like they have set it up for another sequel. Um, You know, Neo doesn't have all of his powers that he used to have. And in fact, a majority of the movie, he's just holding out his hands and they digitally uh, make him stop bullets with shields. Uh, that's primarily what he does for most of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's even a, there's even a joke towards the end where they're like, can you fly? And he tries and he's like, nope, not happening. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot of that, though, has to do with the fact that, you know, he was reconstructed. He exactly. Was, he's like, still he's... trying to figure out how to tap into it. Yeah. He was like recently woken up. <laughs> And, you know, maybe the new parameters of his body, you know, it's not allowed for him to tap into things the same way. But in the in the closing shot of the movie, you see he is flying again. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Because uh, um, the spark that exists within the one. Um, always is attached to the other, the other who, in this case, is Trinity. Um, and the, the and the, and the analysts knew that rebuilding them, he knew that, but he had, like had to keep them just far apart. You know, yada yada yada. Um, I actually really enjoyed that philosophy, like that not philosophy, but that 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 idea. Uh, I I, I thought that was a cool concept. Personally, I don't know. I don't know how you felt about it, but. Oh, yeah. It's like just out of just out of arm's reach, so to speak. Yeah. Like um, just aware enough to keep that longing and desire ever present. Because, but, as we know, laughter is more powerful than screams. Um. I've made that joke a few times now about this movie. Uh, I mean, that's literally what our, our, the analyst basically tells him. Tells yeah, Neo. Yeah. Like, hope and, hope and fear is more powerful than... Uh, oh, what was it? Hope and fear is more powerful than... I don't remember the exact line, but... Yeah. I... Because he says it about other humans, like being stuck in the Matrix and wanting to be stuck in the Matrix. Quote, unquote, happier than pigs and shit. 
what what I, I will say this, the thing that kind of confuses me a little bit is how does this movie relate to the the end of the third one? Because the whole premise of the end of the third one was that this is a cycle that repeats itself over uh, like time and time and time again. That the um, the screens that were behind Neo when he's talking to the architect are past versions of himself, past Neos. So, like, what exactly was it? Was it Smith was the the underlining condition in this particular run that caused the analyst to go to the extent that he went to? Movie doesn't really lay it out. It's just kind of there. But, and that's the thing. It, I, go ahead. I was going to say, you really, it needs to be watched more than once to fully try to fully grasp these questions that it leaves and raises. I think a lot of that also might be, you know, it'll be answered in a sequel. I hope. <laughs> well, it's possible. Or I just straight missed it. That's also very much a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I wanted to bring up. Oh, the the meta part of this movie, which is really I think I thought it was hilarious, was um, the uh, the the game studio that Neo works for. Right? Oh, when they're talking about Matrix Four, how Warner yeah. Brothers is going to produce it and everything. Yeah, like we're they're going to make it with or without us. So. I was like, oh, that's that's funny. That that that's straight fucking fourth wall breaking right there, in a way. Um, and then there's the scene where they're at the at the table talking about what needs to go into the game. Uh and uh like they're all mentioning stuff that I feel like Lana and Lily have heard already. Like yeah. that was the whole point of that scene was to be like, look, these reboots and remakes aren't necessary. If a story is told, a story is told. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Uh, I love seeing stuff come back in a in a sequel. Like, I wouldn't call Resurrections a reboot or a remake. It's a continuation. Shut yeah, the fuck up. yeah uh, exactly. Um, it's more of what we love. And that's what I think uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife does really well. Um, what... Uh, even though I'm not the world's biggest fan, uh, Cobra Kai does really well. Um, there's a bunch of things that have been coming Speaking out. Speaking of Cobra Kai, comes out today as of publishing. You have tomorrow fun. as of recording. Oh, I'm all over that, all over that shit like dried egg on a fucking fork. Let me tell you. So I don't know if you heard about this, but the 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 writers of of uh, Cobra Kai or the producers or whatever are trying really hard to figure out a way to have Andrew Garfield be a part of the show because apparently Andrew Garfield's a huge fan of Cobra Kai. Nice, yeah. So I read that yesterday. I was like, That's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, like um, I I I want more. Like if we're going to rehash old franchises, things that don't need remakes don't need reboots let's just continue the story um something from last year that we absolutely loved uh that was just a continuation of the comic book was watchmen like mm -hmm. that stuff is so much fun like there's a world to explore 
let's just continue it versus retell it. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so many possibilities that you can go, uh, directions you can go in. Just yeah. do it. Don't the, put it to bed. Wake it back up and see what else is there. I need people also huh, to stop using Matrix Resurrection's fucking uh, box office numbers as a way to say that the movie's a flop. Because it's day one on fucking HBO Max. A lot of people have HBO Max for a multitude of reasons. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird for you to be like, well, it only made 12 minutes first weekend and Sing 2 beat it. Sing 2 is exclusive to theaters. Matrix wasn't. Nine times out of ten, if there's a couple parents who want to take their kid to the theater, they're going to see Sing 2 over Matrix Resurrections. But those parents then probably watched Matrix Resurrections on fucking HBO Max when the kids were in bed. And something we've learned during this pandemic, if I have an opportunity to watch something at home versus going out to watch it, and I can see it either way, my ass isn't getting dressed. Yeah. And there's millions of people out there who think the same way. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like Black Widow, you know, that came day one to Disney Plus, you know, Premier Access. Hmm, I can pay 30 bucks to watch it at home, and I can keep it and watch it as many times as I fucking want to. And if I have to go to the bathroom during, I can pause it. If I want to get up and go get a snack or a drink, I can pause it. In a theater, I would have to miss parts of it. And it's going to cost me more for me and my family to go to the theater and see it versus to pay at one flat rate and watch it at home. So, yeah, a lot of people watched it at home. I know a lot of people have watched it already. Um I don't know how this one's going to catch on because the first one became very popular and a big part of pop culture. Yeah. Again, I I think it's, as you said, like people have had time to kind of digest reloaded and, and, and uh, revelations. Um, And I think a lot of people have grown to like them. I I was a staunch supporter of them from day one. Like I, I, I understood the the message and I understood the, the thought behind it. And, and I think the biggest issue that the matrix comes across, and this was also kind of brought up in this movie was when people think of the matrix, what do they think of? Do they think of the philosophies? Do they think of the parallels between religions and stuff like that? No, they think of bullet time. They think of, uh, cool action sequences, you know, and I get that to an extent, but like, it's it's like going and watching uh, uh, Speed Racer, the Wachowskis' other movie, mm-hmm. and not and not getting the theme of it. Just God, I love that movie. It's so good, but like, it's not just good because it's action sequences are necessarily good. Like they're good, but they're, that's not why the movie is good it's good because it the message of finding yourself and being creative in your own way also family to an extent i guess but i don't know like i just i always will appreciate the line john goodman throwing a ninja out the window and and christina ricci's like are those ninjas he's more like ninjas <laughs> yeah no, i'm always gonna right. love that line Outline's really good. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, I think people, and this is from my own perspective with other media that has come out in the past. And like, I mean, 
you've heard me go on and on and on about fucking Matrix or uh, uh, Mass Effect Three. Um, mm-hmm. If your story isn't directly in someone's face with the philosophy from the get, people tend to not understand the philosophy down the line. And that's what Matrix is doing. That's what Matrix had to do. Its first movie was Star Wars. Its first movie was Star Wars. It goes, um, hey, why is this movie really good? Why do people really enjoy it? Oh, action sequences. Uh, memorable shit that like, you know, Neo dodging bullets or the fucking spinning camera thing. Like that stuff is what sticks out. You know, the ship coming over the screen right after the opening crawl of Star Wars is what people think of. The, 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 just the, the special effects is what comes to mind. And then you have the sequels and you go, well, people aren't going to be as excited about special effects this round as they would, would have been then. So you kind of have to go in a different direction. You have to take the story where it, where it naturally needs to go. And The Matrix did that. And I personally believe did that very well. People just did not care. They were just like, nope. I want fucking bullet time again. And again and again and again. And, again. and I'm like, okay, everybody. Neat. So that's my, that's my little rant. I hope everyone enjoyed. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> but uh uh all right let's do final thoughts and a grade on this one uh you go ahead and go first i'll give it a b I'll give it a b uh it was enjoyable um i definitely want to need to watch it again but before i do i want to watch the entire trilogy uh again and then watch this one because I need to do that. I need to make time to do that. Uh, but I think it's a, I think it's a good entry. I think, uh, I think it tries a little too hard in places uh, to deliver on the philosophical aspects. Um, but, you know, I definitely need to give it another viewing to give it a fair shake. Uh, but in my initial impression is I do enjoy it more than the sequels, but not as much as the first one. Uh, but there are a lot of things that I did enjoy about it. You know, I enjoyed the whole reconstruction angle, uh, how they went about that. That was cool. Uh, it made for a good way to explain how these characters who clearly died in the past are still alive. Um, you know, I enjoyed the whole uh, Neo, you know, aspect of she believed in me. Now I have to believe in her and trying to free her. Whereas for the bulk of the first film, it was her trying to free him. Uh, you know, that was a cool thing. But yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, for right now, though, I think I give it a B. What about you? Uh, B plus. Um I, I, uh, as like I said earlier, I was a big staunch of the big staunch supporter of the uh, philosophical aspects of the or the sequels um, in the past, and I, I fought tooth and nail with people on those because I remember talking to friends like leaving the theater, and they're just like that fucking sucked, and I'm like why, and they're like oh it just it wasn't as like action packed as the first one or blah 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 or like all this kind of shit, and I'm like yeah it didn't need to be 
like it's talking about again different philosophies different um thought processes processes when it comes to um how to live your life uh using a lot of uh zen and buddhism imagery also christianity imagery and they're just like all right i missed all of that i was bored and i'm like and and here's the thing: if you go back and watch that first one, it's not that action packed at all. I agree. I agree. There's a lot. Like Smith is by far one of my favorite characters in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a that scene with him and Morpheus where he's talking about the human race. I'm, I fucking love that that monologue. Absolutely yeah. love that monologue. So, but but yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's worth. Or I sorry, I don't think it's a waste of anyone's time. It's on HBO Max for the next like few weeks. It's there until the twenty first. So you, go. you got three more weeks. Um, and then it'll leave, and then it'll come back eventually. But whatever. Uh, but all the Matrixes are there. Like you can watch one, two, and three, and all of the Animatrix on uh, HBO Max. Um, like I said, I the video games feel like a part of the franchise. I know that they're technically all canon. Um, and if you want to, I'd go to YouTube and like watch a playthrough of maybe some of these, but it's not totally fucking necessary. Just contact me, contact me on, on, on social media and I'll explain it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's that. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the book of Boba Fett episode one. All Um, right. So the last time we saw Boba Fett was actually in the end of. Oh, wait, before you do, did you catch the end credits scene of Matrix Resurrections? Yes, I did. Yes, the, the joking okay. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last time we saw him. Last time we saw him, he was sitting on Jabba's throne at the end of Mandalorian. Um, yeah. He, with, and Finnick uh, Shand, he and Finnick Shand walked in and Bib Fortuna was on the throne. He's like, Boba, I thought you were dead. And then Boba just flat out kills Bib Fortuna and ascends to the throne. He's like, you know, the impression is he wants to be the new crown lord of Tatooine. Yeah. So uh, I'll say this much. With the opening bit of this show, it is abundantly clear to me that Jon Favreau has read the books and is a fan of the books. Yeah. Um, But understands that it still needs to fall in line with the Disney canon, as it's known. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his escape from the Sarlacc pit was like directly out of one of the books. No joke. It was almost exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is in the, in the, I think in the, in the book from whatever book it was, I think it was Tales of the Bounty Hunter where he escaped the Sarlacc. Um, like he got picked up by Dengar. And Dengar helped him get back to health, but see, yeah. we've not seen Dengar uh, in this iteration. Uh, so in this, he was after escaping, and then raided by Jawas, stripped of his armor. He's left in just his flight suit. Uh, he's found and captured by Tuscans. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was it was interesting. I know that we're gonna like this whole show is gonna gonna jump back and forth between his like him meeting up with uh, Mando, 
Um, Din Din Jarn. Din Jarn. Okay, I was I was right. I was right. I was right in my brain, but I was like, why does that sound wrong? Um, yeah, it's gonna lead up to him meeting up with Din Jarn and uh, his survival essentially up to that point. Um, but you know, at the in the meantime, we're also getting him now in the in the present, which is him basically trying to become a proper crime lord. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, so you want to be the new Daimyo? Uh, and he's coming across as too soft. And Fennec Shand is letting him know, you're being too easy. You're being too soft. You need to do this respectively, yeah. you know. And I'm curious as to what direction we're going to see. Are we going to see him grow more ruthless? Are we going to see him become a crime lord or are we going to see him be more benevolent you know how is this going to play out i'm very curious to see it but i do enjoy the fact that the damage that he sustained during the sarlacc even though it's five years later he still has to undergo regular back to tank treatments yeah because yeah. the 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 acids from the sarlacc's digestive system you know, that's why he's aged. That's why he looks as old as he does, even though, you know, he's technically only in his, what, uh, late 30s, early 40s? Yeah, give or take. I imagine whatever <laughs> age uh, the actor is. Something Tenya? The fuck's his the first Tamura, name? Tamura Morrison. Tamura. Morrison. Wasn't even fucking remotely. Samsonite. It was right on the bag. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, I imagine that they're, they're just trying to have Boba Fett the age of the actor right now because it's a lot yeah, easier yeah. than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's just to make it for story purposes to make it look like oh well he sustained damage and this is why yeah and you know we're trying to treat him and make him better I, that's a cool thing and while he's in the back to tanks he has these recurring oh. dreams and that's how we get our flashbacks. It's a good yeah. way to set it up. It is. It's it's. Very video gamey in that, in my mind. Like, yes, uh, I've played games where you get to a point and then you do a flashback level. Like, it's it's pretty clever. It's it's legitimately pretty clever. And we got a whole new fucking like creature out of this episode. You yeah, that, that forearm thing. Yeah, that was wild. The Sangoro, <laughs> mm, the Tatooine Centaur. Yeah, Tatooine Centaur. Uh. Yeah, that thing was rad. I was like, oh my god, I this is new. This is a new thing. Uh also we got like a new gang with that was like destroying that family. The the uh moisture farmers. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that symbol ever, unless like it was on a flag in my Ma Maza's Cantina. I but you know like... what? Now I'll have to go and look. But it looked like a J in a reverse J or a set of tusks. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, set of tusks, I'd definitely say like. But yeah, it's uh oh sorry. Apologies. Uh yeah, there was there was I mean it wasn't a ton in this episode. Like we got to see some Fennec be a badass, which is always nice. With the assassins. Oh yeah. I like how she's like, there's two left on the roof and you only need one. You only need one. And she just yeah. kicks the other one off. I was like, that's fucking funny. Oh yeah, I love Fennec. She's uh, uber oh, badass. she's yeah, and I'm glad that 
you know, they decided to keep her around uh, because she was going to be a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that happens a lot too with media. Like you get like, so another character that was supposed to be one and done was Wolverine. Yeah. I remember that. Like he was just to show up as like a, a fucking foil to, to Hulk. And then that was it. But he was popular enough. They brought him back. I mean, fucking Venom's the same way. I mean, it's there's a slew of characters. Uh, Harley Quinn was supposed to be like only for the animated show, and now she's like a main staple in the fucking DC universe. So, mm-hmm. list goes on and on and on. But yeah, she was. She's definitely that in my mind. She's one of the cooler characters that that has been added to Star Wars. So happy to watch her be a badass every week. <laughs> Uh, do we know how many episodes this whole show is going to be? I don't know, but let me go to the Googles to see if we can find out, and I'll let you know. Because it feels like it's going to be longer than six, which the Marvel shows have been. It feels like it's all at eight episodes, but that's just the vibe I got from this episode. I do love the fact that this first uh, episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who's one of my favorite directors. I saw written by John Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and I was like, perfect. Well done. Good shit. Okay, the series consists of seven episodes, and Rodriguez is directing three episodes. Wow. Along with John Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Dave Filoni, Steph Green, and Kevin Tang. Well, Disney Tang has their Tang Disney Carrion. has their TV show team. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> I hope we get to see uh, Din Djarin in this in this series too. Like whether it's seeing a that Bryce, seeing it Bryce Dallas Howard's elect, uh, directing an episode, I'm like, uh oh, because the episode that she, well the original episode that she directed in season one of Man- Mandalorian was my least favorite episode, but she did direct an episode in season two which I enjoyed very much. So I'm kind of like, okay. Mm. I I I don't know that episode. I think gets too much hate. I, I don't hate it. I didn't dislike it. No, I didn't say you hate it. It just gets hate. Um, yeah, it gets it gets a lot of dislikes. And and for me, it was very Seven Samurai, and I loved it. But um, but yeah, like like you said, that like she can direct. She's uh, she's not unskilled, but it's definitely one of those things where you got to give her the right script to direct. Yeah. She is, she doesn't have the same skill level as, uh, as other more seasoned directors, but how are you supposed to become seasoned if you don't direct things? So yeah, that's a thing, but absolutely. But yeah, this seems like the same team that works on Mando. It, it seems like it's a lot of the same people and I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Now, this first episode, you know, it's a lot of setup, and of course, it's not as, I wouldn't say it's as good as the first episode of The Mandalorian, if you had to compare the two, but it's a completely different beast, and they're telling a completely different story. Absolutely. So, um, I enjoyed it, you know, uh, I think I think it's good, and I'm excited to see where they're going with it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll I want more, I just yeah. hate having to wait a damn week <laughs> i have so much to, to watch and do like there's stuff that we're review that we're not reviewing that i plan on watching this week yeah and it's like like when when we had that week of four things that was hard 
like legitimately difficult. Like I love the Witcher, but man, trying to get through that entire show in a week, I was like, Oh my God. I've watched it three times now. I'm glad you had that free time, Maya. <laughs> my life is dedicated to work, helping my parents and fall guys. And I don't have enough time. That's why you're a good son. I'm joking. I'm just kidding. Oh, I know. Helping my parents doesn't take that much time. And uh, I do have a lot of free time after work. I just choose to waste it playing Fall Guys. So, yeah. Uh, But, uh, but yeah. uh, Final thoughts on a grade. Let's, Let's do that. I'll go first very quickly here. Um, for a first episode, it sets up the premise. It sets up where we're going to, where like where it feels like it's going to go. And um, I'm excited that we basically have two different stories that are being told right now. One of, of the past and one of the present. And it's nice to kind of bridge all that gap and actually make Boba Fett worth the fucking fandom. Um, as, as it's been stated in the past, I am... I was never a big fan of Boba Fett because I didn't think he did much uh, in the films and whatnot. And, I, and, and I've always disliked the books. Um, I always thought the books were just like, like that there was inconsistencies in Boba Fett's story with the books. There was, there was inconsistencies with everything in the books because you had so many fucking authors telling so many different stories and a loose guideline to fucking go by. Exactly. Uh, So I've always disliked, I've always disliked the books and thought that the only thing that I gave a shit about was anything that was visual, whether it be TV show or movie. And, uh, and, and, and I don't mind the comic books, but it's like, I don't care either. Um, and, uh, or video games for that matter. Enjoy the video games. Don't consider them canon. And I never have. And so Boba Fett to me was always this character that looked cool and didn't really do anything cool. Yeah. Um, until the Mandalorian and until the Mandal- some yeah. awesome shit. Yeah. Then I was like, finally, you made fucking, you made him worth it. You made him mm-hmm. worth that fucking like. But um, but yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna give this first episode a solid uh, B plus. Um, it didn't do anything outstanding. It didn't do anything that like blew my mind, but it was fun and I enjoyed what we got. So, you know, I'm gonna agree with that grade. Uh, B plus uh, wasn't stellar. Anything to write home about, but it was enjoyable. Uh, it was a good setup. Uh, looking forward and very excited to see what comes. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, I don't have anything negative to say about it, but it just wasn't quite that A level material that you hope for. Right. Uh, but I don't know what would have made it that either. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you could have. I think it's exactly what it needed to be. It needed to be. Just good enough to, to make people want to come back every week. Um, but not so over the top that, like, everyone is, you know, going gaga over it. You know, like, it needed to be exactly what it is. Because I think another thing that they're doing, that John Favreau and, and Robert Rodriguez and whoever else is working on the show, Dave Filoni, is they're definitely setting something bigger up. Oh yeah, I've, what that this, is yet is to see, but you know, I wonder. No, I don't see how it would be possible. 
I was thinking for a minute, maybe it'll tie into the Obi-Wan series somehow in a flashback, but all the flashbacks that we're seeing, it's at post-Return of the Jedi. So, right. I know the Obi-Wan show is the next show coming, isn't it? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Don't know when Mando's coming back, but... Could be, yeah, it could be a couple of years before we see Mando again, which I'm okay with because it kind of feels like his story was told, at least for the sake of what we were getting with like Go- Grogu and whatnot. Um, at least that aspect of his story, you know, there's more story to tell with him. It's just, I think they got to find what direction they want to go with it. And yeah, exactly. Which it, it takes, if any, if it needs a couple years before we see Mando again, so be it. I would rather wait two years for a great story than wait a year for an okay story. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Um, uh, you know, you got three things you can watch uh, that, that are, I, I feel are decent enough. Um, two, two that two we things. recommend. Yeah. 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 Sorry, two that we recommend one to waste. <laughs> don't yeah don't don't if you if you got if you got shit to watch if you don't have as much time do not waste it on anyone it's not it's not worth it but yeah the matrix and book, book of Boba fett are good or they're good not great but good <laughs> yeah um uh, next week we're going to be reviewing the film on on uh netflix called don't look up starring um leonardo DiCaprio and jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence thank you i was like who was his counter but there's a lot of stars in that movie too like a ton um and uh, episode two of Book of Boba Fett. We'll be continuing Book of Boba Fett until it is over, uh, as we do with a lot of these Disney Plus shows. Um, so yeah, you can check that out. And and of course, you know, like we did with Rune Nine One, if if we have something else that we want to add, we'll try to put it on social media if either of us fucking remember. Um, which leads me to my next part. You can follow us on all socials, which are listed down below this video slash podcast uh, episode. Um, they're really easily listed on Podbean. So if you have Podbean or you use Podbean, they're just down below. As for the other sites, I'm not so sure, but that's that's whatever. Um, uh, go check out the uh, the merch store on Teespring. We have uh, a new design ish. Um, and uh, yeah, if you go and buy something from there, let us know. We'll uh, we'll show it off on the um, on the social medias and whatnot, and give you a big thanks. Give you a big kiss. Um, also, check out the YouTube channel. That's where we're. Uh, you'll be able to see the podcast live. If you want to see that picture of Zardos that we showed, they talked about at the beginning of the show. That's where you're going to see that. Um, also, you know, to help us out, go give the episode a like and you know subscribe to the channel. It helps us out, and it's for free. You don't have to spend any money. Uh, but if you want to spend money, you know, we always appreciate when you do buy merchandise and that in turn directly helps fund the podcast. So if you are listening to this episode early on the 31st, uh, I will be streaming Jackbox into the new year. So if that's something that you want to do and want to come hang out with, what will come hang out with us while we play Jackbox, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we will be counting down each of the time zones New Year's, starting with East Coast, going all the way to Pacific time. So that's four total, I believe. No, it's uh, three. Well, it's four total, yeah. East, East Central Mountain, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pacific. Yeah, so, sorry. 
Um, at first I was like, I was like, you're con- you're hurting my brain meats. Um, I was just thinking three because we're three hours separate in the time zone, but there's four time zones. Sorry. <clears throat> no, that's, I, that's I, I had to stop it. I was like, ah. um, but yeah, we'll be counting all four down and it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Uh, we're not going to just play Jackbox eight, by the way, we're going to do whatever the fuck, like, Hey, let's play fucking quiplash or some shit. We'll go to that. But, um, uh, but yeah, that's what uh, time are we starting? Um, let's see. So, I want to start at least at least three hours before uh, your midnight. So probably six p.m. my PM. time. Yeah, nine, 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's the that's the latest I want to start. The earliest okay. I, I might start earlier than that. We'll see. I I know I have to work, so hopefully I can get you know work done before whatever and get some shit oh, ready. You, I don't honey. know, but. But yeah, if you want to play along, um, it, it costs you nothing. You just have to go to twitch.tv slash chubrockgeek, which is my Twitch channel. Um, and uh, you can play for free on any browser, whether it's a browser on your phone, on your laptop, on a tablet. You can play for free doing that. Um, and uh, it'll be a good time. I, it always fucking is. It's always a good time. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so hope to see you there. Uh, and again, I know that that's like a late... <laughs> Hey, we're gonna do this, but you, I'm also gonna make an ad for it, so you'll see it probably before the episode comes out. Anyway, uh, that's yeah, all I have I'll written start on putting here. That out there today. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, that's all I have written on here, Maya. So, where can folks find you? Well, I was taking a drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Don Fisher. It's a public profile. Uh, so you can follow me on there if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram which I'm trying to be more active on. Uh, You can follow me on those through my Facebook page. Uh, They are publicly linked. As for other shows you can catch me on, uh, you can catch me on a show called Figure Banging on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. That's every other Wednesday uh, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We didn't have an episode this week because, you know, it was just holidays, tired, uh, but we'll be back in the new year. and yeah, uh, sometimes you can catch me on a show called Shelf Gravy on the alternating Wednesdays um, at 9 p.m. Eastern. And that's a DIY kind of build your own diorama uh, painting tutorial action figure customization kind of show with a live interactive chat. So those are a lot of fun. Check those out. The Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. It's uh you know, there's shows several nights a week on the channel, and they're always live, so it's a fun time. Uh, come and check out the realm and see what it's all about. And that's any, that's uh, all the places you can find me. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, all social medias under Chub Rock Geek. Um, you can find me uh, Mission Star Podcast. Wow, that that I don't know why I was having trouble with that. Uh, Anthony and I do. Uh, um, a, a quarterly podcast where we talk about stuff in gaming news and whatnot. This latest episode was about the game awards. So if that's, that, that's of interest to you, um, we have that episode up uh, and it is, uh, it's interesting. We, we kind of talk about the year in gaming and like which game won and all that kind of stuff like that. It's, 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 it's fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's mission start podcast or mission start tubes on YouTube. 
uh other than that yeah i got nothing i got nothing else to promote um everybody again next week you got don't look up on netflix and book of boba fett episode two uh again if we add anything it'll be on the social medias um, and hey if you want to watch cobra kai and just talk to me personally about your thoughts about it do that yeah <clears throat> that's a good idea I'm, I'm a whole season behind and i don't plan on watching it so we're definitely not reviewing it i'm sorry maya it's okay like, it is it is the one popular show that I'm not a fan of. So but, it happens. Uh, it's not for everybody. I mean, you didn't like the the Suicide Squad, so there's that. I did not. <laughs> I did not. I hated uh, the first one. This one was only marginally better. <laughs> which I wholeheartedly disagree, but that's that episode you can find like five episodes ago, six episodes ago. Oh god, ago? no. It's been way longer than that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. But anyway, yeah, that's past episode. We talked about that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. And that's all, everybody. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>